Raphael Devers is back. The Red Sox star third baseman had a great series both on and off the field against the Cubs to open the second half schedule. And he's finally showing what we've been waiting for from him all season long. You are locked on Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Red Sox, your Monday through Friday Boston Red Sox podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Hurlbut, former ESPN social media associate and current host of the Boston Balling podcast, here to bring you all things Boston Red Sox Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use code LOCKED.MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Red Sox. I'm excited to talk Red Sox as always. On today's show, I'm going to be discussing Rafael Devers. It appears like he may be back and heating up, and boy, is that scary for the rest of the league. So I'm going to be discussing his big series against the Cubs and more. I'm also going to be discussing the Kike Hernandez situation because it's looking more and more like there's not really a spot for him on this team anymore. So I'm going to be exploring the options of what the Red Sox could potentially do with him as we get deeper into this second half schedule and closer to the trade deadline. And finally, I'm going to be talking about the pitcher who started Sunday's game for the Red Sox, Cutter Crawford, and just his growth and development and what it could mean for the Red Sox rotation going forward into the future. So Raphael Devers is back. I really, really, truly believe that. Obviously, it's a small sample size. He's had a really strong month of July, hitting 395, and he's currently on pace to hit 39 home runs on the season with 127 RBIs. I mean, we knew and expected this from him. We weren't really seeing him perform to that level early on in the season. He was averaging around 250 at the plate, which is obviously not terrible, but not a Devers type of number. In the series versus the Cubs, it was a huge series for him. Three home runs total. He had a two home run game on Friday night, which was fun. He went one through one for four on Saturday with a double and two for four with a double and a home run on Sunday. So he was really mashing in the series against the Cubs. He does enjoy hitting in interleague games. Against interleague pitching matchups since 2020, he has the most doubles with 29, most RBIs with 77, most home runs with 25, and most hits with 104 among American League batters. So he really enjoys hitting against National League pitchers, which is definitely a factor in this. He obviously likes Wrigley Field and looked really good in the series over the weekend. Um, one of the things I will say is it really, really seems like he's getting that Devers confidence back that might have seemed to lack for a little bit. I do firmly believe there was a lot of pressure on him going into the season due to the fact that he just signed a long-term contract with the Red Sox. And he probably was feeling all kinds of emotions when it came to that and pressure to have to perform. So that's obviously a tough situation for a player to be in because, like I always say, there are players be or there are people before athletes. So 
being able to consider his emotions is important, but the Red Sox are in crunch time now. They're really, really trying to show the front office that they can be buyers at the deadline and build around what they have to create a team that can really fight for a contending spot in the postseason. There are two games back currently of the last American League wildcard spot. Houston, unfortunately, won on Sunday Night Baseball, so that was not ideal because I was hoping the Angels would pull it out. But anywho, the Red Sox are very, very much in the mix still. Um, So with Devers, there has been more improvements than just his on-field performance. I think he's showing a lot more leadership qualities. Like even in the game on Sunday against the Cubs, there was a point where he went up to Connor Wong and told him to go to the mound and talk to Cutter Crawford after he um, threw after he threw a couple walks. And that's a good leadership quality to have. You want somebody in the infield who's watching the pitching and catching on the outside looking in and is very much locked in on the game to be able to help guide you through those situations. And obviously, Connor Wong is still young and still learning certain things. So for Devers to step up and say that and say, hey, why don't you go out to the mound and calm him down a little bit and help him gain his control again? says a lot about Devers moving forward because he will need to be a leader for this team going forward in the future because he is the heart and soul of the team now. He is going to be here for a long time. So we want to see him really continue to develop those leadership qualities because that's going to be super apparent going forward for the Red Sox. Another thing too is he also likes to lead by example. Like he's doing a lot of what other players on the team are doing like he stretched a double a single into a double on Sunday against the Cubs which is something that Duran does all the time we're so used to seeing Jaron Duran because of how fast he is race when he hits the ball and have the ability to turn it into a double when it originally could be a single for most people so it's a good sign that Devers is really doing that and is really showing that he has the capability of, um, you know, hustling and really turning singles into doubles and just making the most out of his time on the bases. He really just appears to be playing with a lot more confidence. And um, he also, you know, as we know, can really heat up at any time. And when he was in major slumps earlier on in the season, it was really frustrating to watch because it's Devers and we as fans never want to see that happen to anybody, but especially our franchise player now. And and I was worried for a little bit of, you know, is he going to really figure it out and be back to the Devers that we all know and love? And it seems like he is now, again, a really small sample size. His month of July has been really good, but hopefully he can continue to hit the way that he's been hitting. The Red Sox need it because this is very much the time where every player needs to step up if they want to um, stay in that wild card contention. They're right in the mix with other teams. The fact that they've played really well overall against their division this season has put them in a great spot, and Devers is going to be the leader of that. And the other benefit to him turning it on and playing as well as he is right now is it'll really convince the front office that they made the right decision by signing him to that long-term contract and that'll make them more inclined to continue to build the team around him in the future and get him that protection that he needs in the lineup so as Heim Bloom and the front office are looking to make changes to the roster 
not only at this trade deadline, but just moving forward in general in the future throughout the time that Devers has that contract by him playing the way that he's playing and convincing them that, you know, he's one of the best players in the world is going to show them that, you know, we made the right decision. So we need to do right by Devers and build around him and continue to get him that protection in the lineup because if he is the future of the franchise and he is the face of the franchise, you want to make sure that he's happy and that he feels supported because it's just going to help his on-field play. So his big series in Chicago was massive for the Red Sox. A lot of people were hitting, but Devers really stood out to me as a player who in general in the month of July so far has really, really turned it up a notch from what he was doing prior to that this season and obviously the all-star break you always wonder if that too much of a break might end up hurting a player and they might be rusty coming out of the break but it doesn't appear so for Devers so he just needs to keep his back going needs to remain confident because he is the future of the franchise and it'll only help solidify that with the front office and help them to make him feel good about his position on the lineup and get him the support that he needs to be able to continue to succeed. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about Kike Hernandez, who's been a name that's been tossed around so, so much because ugh, it's been frustrating watching him play, to say the least. So I'm going to be talking about what the options could look like for the Red Sox with Kike Hernandez moving forward coming up here. Game time is really, really good for last minute people. That's the best way that I can describe game time. I mean, I'm sure you can relate to being in a situation where you're really stressed because you want to buy tickets because maybe you forgot it was somebody's birthday or you're just a last minute shopper. So you just get gifts late anyway, and you want to get somebody tickets to a concert or a show or a game for their birthday. And you can't find tickets at reasonable prices on any of, you know, the usual culprits that you usually would look for to get tickets from. Game time is the place to go. Absolutely. 100%. It is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You will not be disappointed with game time. It really will hook you up and give you tickets that you want for any event that you can enjoy for a much more reasonable price. So check out the game time app, scan what's in your area and find what you're looking for right there. So Kike Hernandez, obviously, as everybody knows, is a player who just really has had a disappointing season with the Red Sox. I've been a huge fan of Kike before he came to the Red Sox and when he was here, because he was a big part of that 2021 ALCS run. Um, and, you know, this season just hasn't really figured it out. Things haven't been clicking for him. 
He's played primarily in center field and at shortstop. Um, but obviously the Red Sox did their best to try to accommodate for people who were injured at those respective positions and tried to load up on other talent. And then those players got injured. But the main reason I am bringing up Kike right now is because Pablo Reyes is close to coming back and is expected to come back this week from his rehab assignment and, you know, rejoin that shortstop rotation, which obviously Yu Chang has been a great defensive shortstop for this team and has started to hit a little bit better as of late too. But Pablo Reyes was playing really well before he went on the IL. So he'll be factored back into that shortstop mix, assumedly when he comes back. Um, the Red Sox are going to have to make a decision because somebody's going to have to go and the options most likely are Kike or Christian Arroyo. And Pablo Reyes, you know, he is a player who can make an impact and can really bring an energy and spark to the offense. So I'd like to see him back on the active roster and make a move primarily with Kike. Um, the Red Sox trading Kike at the deadline wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense anyway because with his mediocre play this year and just poor play defensively, it would have been really, really hard for the Red Sox to move him because a lot of teams might not have wanted to bite and risk getting somebody like him when he has been struggling this season. So even if the Red Sox were to try to trade him, they probably wouldn't get much of a return on him. So trading him likely isn't the best option to go. I mean, so they could DFA him. They could bring Pablo Reyes back and DFA Kike, and then if he goes unclaimed, then they could release him after that. But I do think he could potentially get claimed if he goes to the DFA route because there are teams who might need a utility type of player who maybe has been struggling in Boston but could pick it up elsewhere and find that spark offensively that he hasn't really been able to found this find this season with the Red Sox. So maybe somebody else would pick him up and because of his versatility defensively, knowing how to play multiple positions, that could serve a team well. So I do think there's a good chance he'd get picked up by somebody if they DFA'd him. Um, and he's a good clubhouse guy. I think he's a great leader for the Red Sox. I think he's just a great veteran talent to have here. But he has to be able to back that up with strong play. And unfortunately, he just hasn't been able to do that this season. Um, so there's a lot of things that are up in the air with what could happen with him. There's just not really a spot for him on the roster anymore. Because even if you think about longer term with Story coming back, he very much could be out the door, uh, you know, very, very soon. Because where would they really play him? Um, and obviously, when it comes to the outfield, you know, you have... Verdugo um, and Yoshida and now Duran kind of as the primary outfielders. And with the way that Duran's been playing this season, particularly as of the last couple months, he should be playing a lot more. And I do think it'll allow the Red Sox to play him more and give him more experience against left-handed pitching because Cora kind of said that he doesn't want to play um, Duran a lot against lefties because his numbers are significantly worse against them, but I do think it could be smart for the Red Sox to play him in games against lefties, especially if it's a game where um, other guys might need rest. Let him practice against lefties because he's only going to improve if he continues to play. And can you imagine 
what we'd get from Duran if he can figure out how to hit left-handed pitching because then we're really getting the full package from the kid and you're really making the most out of what you developed him into. So hopefully he's able to play more. And I still think, um, you know, that Duvall is going to be out the door at the trade deadline. I don't really see a scenario in which he stays um, because he was a rental to begin with when the Red Sox brought him on. And I think they could get decent return on him because he's had a pretty good season offensively overall, and he does know how to play defense. Um, so by clearing him out, that does give Duran that extra space. And Ref Snyder really could be used as that fourth outfielder. He has been used a lot, um, especially against left-handed pitching this season because he hits lefties really well. Um, and I like his defense. So he's totally fine to have as a fourth outfielder. So there really isn't a spot for Kike anymore. The question becomes, would the clubhouse still have the same vibes without Kike? So there would need to be other players who kind of keep the clubhouse momentum going. Because I think from a momentum standpoint and keeping guys motivated and um, you know excited about the games that they're playing, Kike is somebody who's been doing that. So I do see a little bit of a loss from that standpoint. But overall, it's time to part ways with Kike because there's not really a scenario in which keeping him makes a whole lot of sense at this point. And I think if I'm the Red Sox, I'm looking at the way that Reyes played before he got injured and the way Kike has been playing. And I'm saying Reyes is the more valuable player right now that I could feel confident keeping on the team and feel like he can contribute and give the Red Sox some valuable time and valuable innings defensively and offensively. Um, so between Reyes, Chang, and probably Story when he comes back, um, ideally, you know, in the next month or so, that's three strong shortstops that you could kind of platoon with Arroyo um, at second base a lot, and you can kind of move people around the infield. Now that they've had Justin Turner play second base, we know that he's perfectly capable of playing there as well. So if you have to platoon guys and move people around, you definitely could afford to do that with that mix of players because they all are pretty strong defensively and their bats will just come with time. I mean, I expect Story when he comes back to have a much better season offensively this year than he had last year um, now that he'll be fully healthy when he comes back. Um, and obviously, you know, Chang is starting to hit a little bit better. So that's exciting. And Reyes really was was playing well before he got injured. So there's no room for Kike really on the team anymore. I think it's time to ship him out. And it is sad because I've always been a fan of Kike Hernandez, the person, and for the longest time was a huge fan of Kike Hernandez, the player. But sometimes you have to make those hard decisions. And I think it's time to do that now because, um, you know, it's, it's, there's, it's just better for the Red Sox down the road and for the rest of this season, making a playoff push if they put the best talent out there. And Kike, as of right now, is just not among the most talented players on the team. Coming up, I'm going to be talking about the pitcher who started on Sunday for the Red Sox that we've seen be placed into multiple roles this season in Cutter Crawford. So I'm going to be talking about his growth and why I really, really like his potential for the Red Sox. Don't forget to check out other Locked On MLB shows, the Locked On MLB podcast, which is your place for all things Major League Baseball. If you're wondering what really are the chances of Shohei Otani getting traded at the deadline, or will they trade him? Will he stay in LA? Will um, you know the Angels wait till free agency and try to get a real long-term deal done with him? 
what's the deal with that? And, you know, what starting pitchers realistically are on the market right now that could be moved? Who should the Red Sox look out for on the starting pitching market? I know I've given a couple names on the show that I could see being a potential, but overall, who should the Red Sox look into? The Locked on MLB podcast has you covered at Locked on MLB. Check out that show. And also, don't forget to follow Locked on Red Sox on your favorite podcast platform, your daily Monday through Friday podcast on the Boston Red Sox, and follow at LO underscore Red Sox on Twitter to continue the conversation or follow me at Gabby Hurlbut 10 on Twitter, and we will continue the conversation there as well as the Red Sox and myself and other night owls out there look to watch tonight's late game against Oakland. And then luckily tomorrow is a day game. So we can all be happy about that. So Cutter Crawford has had an interesting season with the Red Sox and really just an interesting tenure here. He's been placed in the bullpen. He's been placed in the rotation and he's really been used in a variety of different capacities, whether that's a longer term um, reliever who they need to pitch and eat a few innings, whether he's starting games or whether he just comes in for an inning or two in a close game to keep the score close. He's been placed in a lot of different positions. And that's one thing I really, really like about Crawford is his ability to really adapt and pitch out of a lot of different roles and not struggle a whole lot with the transition into any of those roles. Not every pitcher can do that. A lot of pitchers are made for certain aspects, whether that's being a starter or being a reliever, they're just better in certain spots. But Crawford has been able to take that with ease and be able to um, play in a lot of different spots without seeming like he's struggling a whole lot. And that's been really, really good to see because I've enjoyed watching him be able to adapt to different situations and he'll just pitch wherever they put him, which is going to serve the Red Sox very, very well moving forward because if somebody's injured and they really need somebody to fill in in a certain area, they know that they can put him there and then try to work everything else out as it goes. So he's been key out of the rotation recently with just all the injuries that the Red Sox rotation has had. He's a guy who I've looked forward to kind of see improve last season. He um, struggled, you know, a little bit, but he was kind of rushed into a situation of having to start with all the pitching injuries last year, but he has improved a lot this year. He has a 374 and run average currently with a four and four record. Um, He's given up 28 earned runs but only 17 walks to 67 strikeouts, um, which is pretty good. You know, he does have a bit of a walk problem. He drew four walks on Sunday um, against the Cubs. So recording four walks isn't, you know, the worst thing in the world because he did pitch six strong innings with only one hit given up. So I was really impressed by the fact that he was able to get a lot of ground balls for double plays um after he did give up a walk so that's really key and important and goes to show his ability to pitch with a jam or with traffic on the bases because he really was able to show his composure on Sunday and be able to um you know give way to people who might be wondering does he have the confidence to hack being in this pitching rotation I do think his pitch selection still could improve. He's improved. He seems to get a little overwhelmed sometimes with just the type of pitches he should be throwing in different situations. So I think he still 
can kind of learn a little bit more about what pitches to throw when. I think that's something that comes with growth and time. So that's one thing I'm looking at with him that I'd like to see him improve on. Obviously, his command a little bit and just limiting the walks um, because you don't want to give people free passes, especially if they're towards the bottom of the order. You just don't want to let that happen. So I'd like to see him improve on that situation and um, cut down on the walks a little bit. But I think if he can continue to develop, I see them making him a longer-term starter down the road. Obviously, there's still a lot that has to go into this about other players they have on the pitching staff, whether they have different players who are better out of the rotation or better as a starter. I think they can really go either way with him because I could see him totally being a really, really valuable asset in a longer relief reliever type of role, or he could be in a position where he's a starter who goes six or seven innings. Um, and obviously longevity is a big thing with me too, with him is he pitched six strong innings on Sunday, which was really, really good for the Red Sox in the bullpen. Um, and that was absolutely key for them um, because he hasn't been able to do that in a lot of his starts. He really is averaging about five innings per start. Um, sometimes it's been four. So that's the other thing too about limiting the walks is his pitch count does get up there early on in games sometimes. And I think with more of the development of his pitch selection and knowing what to throw when and just being more confident in his control and able to kind of get himself situated early on in games, I think that longevity aspect will be able to still come. So I'd love to see him continue to pitch deep into games. I think his start on Sunday was so important for that growth and important for his development in terms of gaining the confidence to pitch deeper into a game because he is that starter in the rotation that, um, you know, currently it's hard to feel like he can pitch more than four or five innings of really strong baseball. So the fact that he pitched six is a great step in the right direction. I hope he can keep that up, especially at this current moment when the Red Sox are throwing bullpen games as much as they are, they're going to need him to um, have that longevity and pitch deep into games when he can, because it's super important that they as a team rest the bullpen whenever they can, when they're going to be going with an opener and be having, um, you know, a lot of people come out of the bullpen to pitch in a game. So when you have a real starter on the mound that you're expecting to go deeper into the game, those guys have to show up and perform and really do that. And even, you know, on Saturday, we saw James Paxton only last three innings. Um, there was just a mess on the base paths and he didn't really have it that day. Obviously there were other fielding mistakes that prevented him from going further, but that's a conversation for another day, but that's a tough look. Um, you know, you can't have a starter only pitching three innings when the bullpen is being so used right now and the games where there's primarily a bullpen game and then also when they're coming in in that type of game and they have to pitch a good portion of it. So Cutter Crawford doing what he did on Sunday is great for him and his confidence. I trust that he'll continue to figure it out. He has some great stuff. I just would like to see him really, really start to thrive when it comes to that judgment of his pitch selection and not feeling overwhelmed with um, just that idea of having so many options to choose from and not knowing what to pick. It's actually a good problem to have because it's actually a worse problem if 
he doesn't have enough good pitches to choose from, but I do think he's done a good job of establishing a lot of his pitches. It's just a matter of locating them correctly and accurately and, um, you know, being more concise at the plate or on the mound so that he can strike out more hitters and just cut down his pitch count a lot more. Um, but overall, I really like what I've seen from him. I think his start on Sunday was a huge breakthrough for him. And I'm excited to see what he does going forward, because if he can just continue to work on those little things, I do see him ultimately in the future being a back-end starter for the Red Sox as opposed to a um, bullpen pitcher, because that could be huge, because obviously pitching is something they're still very, very much trying to work through and shape out. So if he can be a solid piece of that rotation moving forward, that would just be a fantastic addition for the Red Sox as you know the, the seasons progress and they're trying to really shape a roster with a lot of this young talent that they have developing and letting guys work through those growing pains. So he has to work through some of those growing pains, but overall I really like his stuff and I like his potential. And I think he could be a really key piece for this team moving forward. Thank you as always for tuning in to locked on Red Sox. I always enjoy going through and talking about all these different things and I could talk about it all day. So if you want to continue the conversation, definitely hit me up on social media or comment on YouTube and we can go back and forth and talk about who the Red Sox might sign at the trade deadline. Who would you like to see them sign if they sign a pitcher? Let me know in the comments. Take care. I will catch you on the flip side. Enjoy the rest of your day.